This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So I used the savings from switching to Progressive 30 years ago to buy tickets to the championship game. You know, between those two teams that didn't exist 30 years ago. Yeah, I'm a big Alaska Palm Trees fan. Which is a team now, in the future. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now, live from Nashville, is Max Cohen. And of course, from Canada, is Giannis Janais. This is our post-match show of Fulham's thrilling 3-2 victory against Brentford in the West London Derby. And yes, guys, Mitro was on fire. He gets the winning goal. We're going to talk all about that. There's so much to talk about in this match. We have Max for about a half hour, so I'm not going to waste any time. Before I go to Max first and get his opening thoughts, just want to mention, please do subscribe to us on YouTube. Help other Fulham supporters find us. If Brentford supporters want to find us, so be it. But, you know, we want Fulham supporters to find us as much as they can. So just please do subscribe on YouTube. Okay. First, I'm going to go to Max. Max, here's a question I'm asking you. Has Optimus Max returned? (laughs) Well, how can you not be optimistic after that 3-2 win over Brentford? I mean, unbelievable scenes. The meet your last-minute winner. Max, we seem to be having a little bit of issues with your connection, and it happens. So maybe you can dial back in, and uh, we'll get you back in in just a second. Over to you, Mr. Janaeus. I want to get your opening thoughts on what we watched yesterday. Well, if the Brentford fans want to come and see us, they know where the stop is. Get on the bus. Come east. <laughs> Come to Craven Cottage because that's where it all happens. Brilliant, brilliant win, um, and I'm going to give I'm going to give Brentford credit. Although they, yeah, I mean they sort of outfoxed us with that Norgard goal, and, and they played they did. Half, but serves them right for Tony thinking he's a funny bugger. 
by <laughs> doing that impersonation, which it, firstly he did it when that goal, the first goal was disallowed. Yep. And then he does it again. And, and you're thinking, you're really setting yourself up, aren't you? I mean, it, Oh, he totally did. Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't think he's going to be long there. I, I mean, the, the papers are saying that uh, there's some clubs coming in from. He's a very good striker. So um, he is. He, he's um, probably should be at a sorry, sorry, Brentford fans. He should be at a better club um, than Brentford. But uh, it's great to knock him off, and it's great to see both teams in the Premier League playing each other as well. While the ha ha's can look on jealously, <laughs> they absolutely can, Giannis. And uh, I'm going to ask you this question while we wait for Max to return. And I, I asked a few people after this, did Fulham, you know, and again, did they deserve the victory? Meaning, was it an even match or did Fulham earn this 3-2 to two victory? Obviously, they get the victory. But did they do enough, in your mind, to really just edge it or was it that even? I'm curious your thoughts on this. I, I thought it was a 2-2. Uh, I was for, okay. It was a game of two halves first half. We came out of the traps. They looked shell-shocked, almost like they were living the... You know the the dream of the United fiasco last week, and then you just got the feeling that if they scored, if they could get their foot back in the game by getting a goal before halftime, they're back in it. And um, the reaction of our bench uh, when they Norgard scored that goal, you got the sense of second half they were going to come out out of the traps, and they and they did. I, I really thought it was going to go to a two-two, but, yep. but we got a, a little bit of a gift because of as brilliant a header as. Um, Mitros was, and he had an incredible, um, you know, save from from rare from that header. Mbwemi was marking him on that cross from Babu, and that was a stroke of luck because really that should have been Janssen. Right. If it had been Janssen, it would have been. I'm not saying he wouldn't have got it, but Mbwemi was a little bit smaller, and um, Mitro is just lethal from those crosses. And so we got the we got the we got the luck, and I think you'll find at the end of the season both teams will be staying in the division. I know we've got another week of the transfer deadline to go, but uh, it was good to it was good to good to uh, finish it the way we did. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're going to go through it. And I agree with you. I think both clubs are going to be in the Premier League next year. I, I, I Next season, I think we're going to see that. I think they both showed why they're probably going to be. And I know we're only three matches in, but uh, credit to them. But also huge credit to us for getting this huge victory. Let's try again, Max. Back over to you. So, again, second chance. Let's see if this works a little bit better. I think you're on your phone now, so hopefully we get a better connection. So, are you optimistic? You said yes the first time we tried this. Give me your opening thoughts, Max. And also, as I asked our question to Giannis, I'm going to ask you again. Do you think Fulham deserved it, or did you think it was more of an even match? I'm curious your view on this as well. Definitely the optimist is back. Um, even the Wi-Fi issues uh, can't can't stop that. Um, no, Wi-Fi can't I, stop it. I want to make this point first. Going to get so key. The front three: Mitro, Stansfield, Decadova, Reed. Yes, that's not that's not even our first choice championship starting no. three. The back four is the same as championship with our backup right back in Kenny Tete. What we've done, what Marco Silva has done, let's be very clear with this squad is yep. unbelievable. Tosin and Reem starting. We have a teenager making his debut. We have one of our backup wingers playing, a backup right back. Absolutely superb to get the performance out of this side. And we're fourth in the league with with a team that at the start of the season, if you had told me on paper, this is how we're going in our third match of the season, I would have said we'd be bottom of the league, 
Tony Khan would have been having a transfer day meltdown and the fan base would have been furious. Instead, right. we're here saying all hail Marco Silva, you know, Fulham can stay up. And I think that's why I'm optimistic because in past seasons, we've seen this movie play out before, right? Essentially an unchanged team, but this time it's different. We have a platform to build on. We're not starting bottom of the league, three losses in a row. We're starting with five points in three matches. And yeah, I think we deserve that win, Russ. Uh, yeah. The way we started the match, I think we we're excellent. We yes. really could have scored more goals, I think. You know, Mitrich had a goal ruled out for offside. We're all over them. Um, so, you know, why not? Why not be optimistic right now? Okay. And I agree with you, and I agree with Giannis in some ways, because Giannis is saying he saw it as a 2-2, and then we nicked the winner. But I think we edged it. If you look at overall for the 90-plus minutes, I thought Fulham were the better side. I think they created more of the goal-scoring opportunities. So I think Fulham edged it. I think they obviously, in my opinion, deserved the victory, but I wanted to ask the question. And I'm sure Brentford supporters are not happy. I actually listened to the besotted podcast. They actually, believe it or not, gave some credit to Fulham, but they were also blaming their team selection a little bit on Frank's, how they came out and the uh, formation that they started with. I understand that. But they also, to their credit, they actually gave some credit. We'll just say some credit to Fulham. But I think... Fulham deserved it. But Giannis, back over to you. As we're talking about it, and Max is optimistic, I'm optimistic. One of the reasons why I'm optimistic is what Max just said. This isn't our full squad, Giannis. We're going to have players coming in. We have two players injured. We don't know what is going to be the status with Manor Solomon. Will he be back? I've heard mixed things on that. But Harry Wilson should be back. So we are not playing in a full squad. We have five points, and I think it's only going to get better from here. Yeah, and we've got another week to come. I mean, the rumours of, of Neil Mope, which the Mope one intrigues me. Yes, I, I'm there with you. Yeah, Clivert. Um, it, 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 um, what I find interesting about what Silva's done is he's um, he didn't necessarily revert to type and say, "Okay, well, Reem, we're going to bring him out. We're going to put, um, you know, we're going to put Duffy. Diop in. We're going to put Duffy in." Yep. He has um, he stayed incredibly loyal, and something I think it was a. Um, an interview done recently with Tim Reeves, who said that the experienced players of last year are adamant that they don't want to be identified as a yo-yo team. They want to make this work. So he's shown a lot of faith in that. And as long as they're playing the way that they are, the new players that are come in are going to find it are going to find it a challenge to come in. And right. that's the way. And that's they're already you're, seeing it. You're already seeing it. So that's good competition, and um, and that's what you want. Just because, say, let's say. Um, I'm just wondering, Diop would be a good example. Um, who does Diop come in for right now? It, I mean, it's not, not like Reem isn't playing well. It's not like Tosin's not playing well. So uh, it's, it's, it's the luxury of being a manager that you've got choices. Um, and let's not forget the training field. And I've talked about this before. When he was asked by BBC yesterday about Stansfield, he said, well, this is what he does. He works so hard in training every day. So you've got players that are hungry to play. And just because you're an established name doesn't mean that you're, you're going to start. So good times, as long as we don't get too many more injuries. The, the Solomon, uh, the Solomon and um, Wilson ones were blows, and um, we don't need too many of those. Okay. All right, guys. I have some interesting questions from the people watching live, so I'm going to just share this right now. I'll go to you, Max. This is from Benjamin Mert. Benjamin Burt. Sorry about that, Benjamin. Can you discuss why... Marco dropped Rodak. Now we'll talk about the starting 11. What are your thoughts about this? It's the Premier League. 
And as much as we want sentimentality to, you know, be the thing that rules us, it, it can't be. And Rodak has, let's be clear, Rodak's made no mistakes this, this season. I can't think of a single thing he's done, which I, which I could point a finger at and say, should have done much better there. That's a glaring error. He hasn't done that. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to stay up in the league, you play your best players. And I think the goalkeeper position is probably the best example of that, you know, where one, where one person has so much pressure and so much responsibility. And I don't think you can take a chance. So we bought Leno for a reason. You don't pay, you know, however many million, eight million pounds for a keeper just to have them, you know, sit in the backup position. And I think that's just, that's it. Leno's a better keeper than Rodak. And it's very harsh on Rodak. It's very cruel. You know, it's his second straight season. He's done the great work in the championship, yep. only to be promoted and, and get dropped. But I think you have to be honest that, you know, Rodak has shown some flashes when we were in the championship last season when he wasn't at his best. He made some errors. And you just start you start the German international keeper if you want to stay in the league. It, it's not too complicated. It, it, it might be brutal. It might be harsh. But I'm okay with that decision to start Lena. Okay. Over to you, Yana. So this will take us into talking about the starting 11. But let's start with the decision to start Leno instead of Rodak. What are your thoughts on that? Two sides to this one. The first one is I think he did it on gut. gut I, 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 there's probably no evidence to bring Leno in. Um, it's not like Rodak had done anything wrong. He's done nothing he, wrong. He's done nothing wrong. I think he just said, well, okay, I fancy a little bit of this. And maybe put Rody back in now against Crawley on Tuesday night in the EFL Cup. And then uh, and do it like that. It's a gentle way to bed Leno in. I wouldn't have done it, but I think I don't think he'd have done it if we didn't have the Crawley game coming up, where you know it's three days, three what two days from now, he goes, Rody, you go back in there, um, show us what you can do. I think he's got. A, I think he's got a dilemma there. I, I thought Leno was okay yesterday, but I think Rody has been as well. Yeah. Um, and as it's long a good as problem it, to have though, yeah, great problem to have. And as long as they're fighting each other. And making each other better, it's a good thing for the team. And, um, you know, uh, um, Rody would have been justifiably annoyed. But I think if he's professional enough, he'll understand that uh, the reason Leno was brought in, 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 in the first place. And now his incentive is on Tuesday to start, I believe he will, and, and get a clean sheet and put us through the next round. Okay, excellent stuff. I'm going to share this from our friend Colm here. Because we are talking about the starting 11, but just in general, the play. And the first name on the team sheet for me should always be Pauline at this point. But here's an interesting question. So Colm says, Pauline's contribution to this side is immeasurable, in my opinion. I agree with him. I think he's key to everything Fulham do, Max. My fear is he lives on the edge, similar to how Mitro lives on the edge. And I think at some point he's going to get a red card. He's going to get too many yellow cards. It's They're already adding up. So this is something that we're going to have to watch. But I agree with Colm because I think that his contribution is it is that important to Fulham. 100%. He's, he's been one of our best signings, if not the best signing. It's so clear that he offers something which we were missing for so long, which is a combative, ball-playing, aggressive central midfielder who can protect the back four. I think that's a big reason why Tosin and Reem have looked not as out of place as they might have in past seasons. It's because they have a Jao Polina sitting and protecting them. But you're right. The discipline's an issue. If we're being completely honest, he shouldn't have been on the pitch yesterday. What he did to Ben Mee, I don't know if you can say it was intentional. I'm not even here to discuss his intent. But right. if you slam someone in the face with an elbow like that, I mean, it, that, that, that's, that's <clears throat> dangerous play. That, that's aggressive play. Now, 
not to get too, you know, anti-Fulham here, let's be clear as well, Norgard should have been sent off without a question for that stamp on Stansfield. I mean, that was that's just, right, absolutely. That's you a clear red card ways. as you can get. So, exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to you know make anti-Fulham <laughs> points. Let's be clear. I think Ross might be like, well, what about this? Um, but yeah, I think Pauline is very, very, very worrisome sometimes. And when he had that booking after what only 30 minutes, I was concerned the entire match. You know, so he's going to go in and get and get a little foul, a trip, a, yep. a tug back. And it can be off the pitch. So I think Silva needs to have a conversation with him because he can still be aggressive. And he can still be the excellent player we, we yep. know without, you know, being reckless. Okay. Giannis, I'm going to share with this because, again, it goes with our discussion to talk about Paulina. Thou shall not pass. Enough said from Stephen Murray. I totally agree with that. But as we're yeah. talking about the starting 11, and you can go a little bit further on it, but I wanted to focus on Paulina a little bit. I love him, and I think that he's key to everything Fulham do. But, uh, man, I think he is going to get himself into a little trouble. I think uh, he does cross the line a little bit, and uh, I'm a little nervous about that. But he, to me, is so key to everything Fulham are going to do this season, Giannis. Well, I'm just thinking, thinking of players and their peak. Somebody put this brilliant um, graphic up about the, the nicest 11 in world football ever. And I think it had Gattuso, Roy Keane, uh, Diego Costa, Zlatan, Ramos, um, Neuer. And I think the point was, you know, they, 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 were, they were nasty players. I would say to, um, I agree with Max, I'd have a little chat, but I, I don't want him to change. I, th- I think just do what you do. I mean, the, 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 the challenge on Ben Mee was not a good one. And I would have given that a red. Um, the same way as Norgard's challenge on... I think I was more annoyed with Norgard's challenge because to me that that looked like a VAR review screen. Right. But having said that, he's a player that's going to play on the edge, and I think the value of having him out there is he's made um, Harrison Reed a better player. He's given more he's given more room for Pereira to move forward. Right, he's an absolute monster. He does it at both ends of the field. That header, that header uh, yesterday was a header as well. We'll talk about that in a bit. Unbelievable. Superb. And- Listen, I am his biggest fan. I'm going to say that right off the bat, but he does make me a little nervous, but I understand where you're going on that, Giannis. But let's get a little bit deeper into the starting 11, and then we'll break down this match. And big news was Niskins Cabano not being involved, and you have a start for Jay Stansfield. I thought Jay Stansfield played fantastic, Giannis. Your thoughts about him being included? Any other thoughts on the starting 11? He's the Reese Porter um, story of the season. I mean, last year we talked we talked about you know Reese and all the challenges and the TV appearances and just how the, the whole Fulham um, club galvanised around this young man, and it just gave everybody a lift. Whether he was at games or things he said or you know the the, the advocacy shown by his by his mum, um, he's been nominated for an award right now, and I've been going to Facebook groups. Everybody nominate Reese because he was such a great story last year and it's the same sort of thing here because Stansfield if you go back we all know about his past he's worked so hard in the academy he's come through the ranks um Marco talked about how hard he works in practice he comes in he, he he could he was I think very unlucky not to score that first goal because of the way it worked out yep. but he never he ran till he absolutely dropped I would actually be surprised if he doesn't play against Arsenal next week, he's done as a debut in the Premier League. It was a dream start. He he did everything asked of him, and um, 
you know, with what we've had to put up as Fulham fans with, you know, the Harvey Elliott ex exit, the Cavaya exit, you know, obviously um, losing Ryan Sassignon. Right. And you've got a, a player that's going out and he's hungry and he's put again. It just goes to show that the pipeline is still moving. And it was a great story. And uh, you saw the you saw the applause he got when he came off and, and thoroughly deserved. Worked his socks off, my yeah, friend. And he really did. He really did. And over to you, Max, your thoughts on Jay Stansfield's start. And then, of course, we can also mention on the bench was Luke Harris, which I think yeah. is a big deal. I, I think it's a big deal. Now, again, Fulham have injuries, and that's probably why you saw him on the bench. About, that is the reason. But you know what? I have no issue with him being on the bench. I don't think he's ready for the Premier League, but maybe in a cameo appearance, I don't think it could hurt. But Jay Stansfield getting a star, Max, to me, is the story of the starting 11. 100%. And he's the great mixture of a young player with tons of work rate and pace. And it just seems like he's going to give everything to the team. And that's that's the perfect the perfect mixture. In that sense, he reminds you of young Ryan Sessegnon. And just how you know bright-eyed he was, and how willing he was to work for the cause, but also that extra burst of, of speed, which is so necessary. And you saw it yesterday; he almost scored when he had that great high press in the Brentford back line. He's in the right place at the right time, blocks the ball, gets on the counterattack. Unfortunately, he didn't play the early ball, and he didn't take the early shot. He cut back, and by that time, let the defense get back in position. But you know, with more experience, with more composure, confidence in the Premier League, he can become a goal scorer. Uh, and, it, and it's interesting to see him being played also in an unfamiliar position because he's a number nine out and out. Of course, he's not going to supplant Mitro in that role, so he has to adapt. So I think that's even more impressive is that he's not even a natural winger. They're playing him on the right, and he did really well against uh, a Brentford side who, lest we forget, thrashed United 4-0 last week. You know, we weren't playing any sort of bottom dwellers as much as we want Brentford to be the bottom dwellers. They'd, they've had a really good start to the season. Right. Um, so, listen, credit to Stansfield. I think he did fade as the match went on, but that's expected of someone making their first start in the Premier League. Okay, good stuff, guys. All right, I have two topics for us before we break down both halves of this match. And, Giannis, I'm going to go to you first. I've got two some interesting topics. Let's start with this one, okay? So I'm going to ask you because I have a lot of respect for Franks. Obviously, I have respect for our manager as well. So I'm going to ask you the question. Who won the coaching battle here? I think Marco did because because Thomas Frank was a little too cute changing to 4-3-3. I think I think That's I a mean, great point and they talked about it on on the podcast I listened to. Yeah, they were I mean, surprised they, he went that way. Yeah, I was too. They they were superb against United. I mean it, uh, the whole week of media we've had to you know, we've been watching about United this United that bringing Casemiro in instead of saying you know what Brentford torched your bottoms they gave you a good smack because it was it wasn't four nothing flattered United Brentford gave him a good tonking and it could have been a lot more and um, Fra Frank has um, he's probably looked at the record um, do you think he might have outsmarted himself a little bit yes yes a little bit um, I. I I think I think laying for three four, three up front in an away game is very cheeky because you're saying, well, I'm going to use the wingers and I'm going to use Tony up top and he's going to be able to negotiate. But our midfield is better than theirs. Yeah. So I thought that was a calculated risk. And I think the one person that was going to be the the, um, the top the Trump card was going to be Pereira. 
just because of his mobility and how you're going to handle that. I'm not. You could see yesterday that Pont, the Jansen and me haven't quite got it together yet. Right. And um, it was a calculated risk. But then, then I suppose you could turn around and say, well, we, we fell asleep first twenty minutes, and then we we came back, and you know we had chances. We could have nicked it. We didn't. Um, but um, they've got they've got a lot of quality, and um, I think. I think they're probably probably a little bit more annoyed that it was changing the formation to play us and then losing. If it had been any right. other team, I think they'd have been, but you don't want to lose to the big F. No, no, not a good thing. <laughs> and what's interesting is uh, if you look back at their match against uh, Leicester City, it's very similar. And they decided yeah. to change it up against Manchester United, and then they went back. Yeah. To what they did against Leicester City with us. And they had a similar situation, except in our match, they ended up losing. But I do want to mention this because, again, I'm glad that you mentioned Pereira before I go to Max. And this from Ben Lawrence Pereira was outstanding. He was everywhere. Great corner for Paulinho. We'll talk about that. But I just wanted to share that comment from Ben. Very good comment there. Okay, Max. Giannis gave his thoughts about the coaching battle. Your thoughts on the coaching battle. Who won this one? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's clearly Silva. And I think he may do with much less. The squad is That's very, a good point. very, very thin. I mean, look at that bench. It got pegged back to 2-2. You know, I think the feeling for me was we have to make changes. You know, we have to switch it up. But, of course, there wasn't anyone on the bench who, who was the obvious answer, right? Right. So what he did was I think was brilliant. He took off uh, Stansfield, put Candy in the middle, and shifted Prayer out wide. And then to put Mbabu on for Tete, that was almost like adding a wing back, like an, almost a right winger. And that was the, the combination that led to the winner with excellent de- delivery from Mbabu. Um, so that just masterstroke, I think, right at the death of when we already had a weak bench to make the two changes, which might not have been obvious changes, because Candy isn't someone I would describe as an impact sub. I think he's excellent, right. but. He's not someone who's going to come on and change the match, but in some ways he did. Um, so I think Silva for sure, considering, I mean, again, I can't stress this enough. The team we have isn't really a Premier League team right now. That starting three, the front three again, I mean, that's that's worse than what we had last year. And you could right. argue the back four is worse than what we had last year in terms of Nico Williams. So, of course, there are improvements, but, I mean, come on. What a great job Arkansas has done this year to where we have five points in three matches, we're fourth in the league, and we're a newly promoted team. I understand the argument. There is a counter-argument, and I'm going to share that in just a second. But I'm also going to share this question that we'll talk about when Giannis and I will talk about when breaking down the match, is did Marco wait too long to make his substitutions? I've heard from a few that said yes. And again, maybe this is advantage to Frank's on this, and I'm going to share this comment from our friend Ben here, and uh, it's an interesting comment, so I'm going to share this right now. I would have said, Frank, starting with a back four, then changing it to suit their style of 3-5-2 gave us more problems, and also Silva took too long to make his changes. Tete should have come off earlier as walking a tightrope yellow card. Giannis, I do see Ben's point on this because, again, that's why I wanted to ask the question, who won the coaching battle, because this is the other side of that. Well, I mean, one could—I mean, you could off the bat say the coaching battle was won by the the coach of the team that won the game. I mean, that would right. be the first, yeah. But but uh, the Tete thing is actually Ben's right on that one. But I'd have bought him off because he picked up a knock earlier on, 
and uh, it, it just it didn't seem to look the same. And Babu has he showed against Villarreal, and he did it again yesterday. His knack of hitting those crosses. <laughs> oh, they're fantastic! Yeah. Yes, so they are fantastic. So now, will the question will the question be? Um, will Babu play on Tuesday night? Because Tuesday night is um, it's not a gimme. Obviously, it won't be easy. Crawley's going to be packed out. It's a big game for them. But this is a chance for players like Babu to get you know good starting time, and I'm sure that, that, that Mark will be really relieved by by this. Um, I still say Mark. I still say Mark gets to the edge on this one. But in terms of the substitutions. Um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? We all we all yep. want to be the coaches. I know. Uh, I probably would have made uh, um, those changes. In, I think the seventy-five minute mark. But I think that, um, as it turns out, Babu and, and TC did a did a good job. I actually saw TC use his right foot. He did. I mean, this he is, did, and he I almost mean, oh, never hello. does. Hello, what he's got? <laughs> the world has collapsed. TC uses that right foot of his. Um, but but I'm jokes aside, I mean it's it's probably with the cross and, and TC worked hard and yeah. um, and no, you're right, you're absolutely right, Russ. Our, our, it's it, our our squad, our bench is threadbare. It was so bad, it was so bad. I was expecting Floyd to make an appearance. Oh, Not here we even, go. Here we go. We can't go a show, Max, without cannot, mentioning Floyd and Mister Haiti could have come back, but no, he, no, which yep. is probably good for our team. So okay, I want to share this comment from Neil Stewart. Disagree with TC. He can change the game, but for a short time, he actually did change the game. So credit for Neil for that comment. Let's see. So let's see what else we have. We've got a good amount of comments. I'm just going to share a few more. And Max, I know you have to go, so I'm just going to finish this up. But this is from Goran. I think Silva did changes at the exactly right moment. Changes return control to our side. Again, and that's a good point, Max, is that when they got that goal, they were in the ascendancy. And as I heard on the Besotted podcast, they believe that Franks at that point was playing for a draw. We went for the win. And the substitutions actually changed the game. So I can see that point. The argument could have been sooner possibly. But I can definitely see this argument, Max. Yeah, 100%. I think that's where I might agree, actually, with Silva there. And I think this comment gets it spot on, is that I think Silva knew that you – if you put on these players when protecting the 2-1 lead, then these are not the right players to protect. But once it's pegged back to 2-2, he can make the difference and return us into control and get that, the most impact out of them in in the 10-minute spell, which is what happened. Exactly. So I think it worked out perfectly um, in that sense. But, I mean, what a great momentum change because, you know, Brentford were the only team in it in the second half, honestly. Up until, until that the point. Final, up until yes. that point. I mean, they were all over us. The defense looked tired. You know, Tete getting beat, Robinson getting beat, you know, center backs not picking up their men, Tony just having free reign of the pitch. It really was worrying. And I thought we'd lost the plot completely. So right. to, to dig deep and to turn momentum, which is something very difficult to do in a football match when the team like Brentford's all over you. I was very impressed by that kind of grit shared by Fulham. Totally agree. And uh, the players deserve all the credit in the world is that their heads didn't drop, Max. They could have easily really just, uh, it, that could have gone the other way. But they took that challenge and they they won the match. They forced the win. And it sounds weird to say it that way, but they actually they were going for the win. Whereas I don't know if Brentford really were. Again, I think maybe they were playing for the draw in the end, which is weird to say because they had all the momentum, but Fulham took it from them. And that's credit to our team. This is 
all good stuff, guys. That's why I'm glad that we are talking about it. Okay, Max, I know you got to run. Listen, I want to thank you for joining us. I'm glad that we got a good second connection with you. See you guys. Okay. Great to do out there for the win. Enjoy the rest of the show. Bye. All right. Thanks, Max. Okay, well, that was Max Cohen. Now I'll just be Giannis and myself finishing up the show. Max is away in Nashville, so he gave us a good half hour. So it was always great to have Max on the show. So, so Giannis, let's now go to one more question. I have one more topic to go along with me asking about the coaching battle is this. And I always like to ask, what was the turning point of the match? Giannis, what was the turning point of the match for you? I actually think it was the North Guard goal because I think we, we looked very comfortable at 2-0. They, they, they got more possession as the first half wore on, but they didn't really look as though they were going to create anything unless it was a set piece. And uh, we looked stunned by the set piece. It was well stopped by North Guard, but we just, um, they fulhamed us because we tried the same thing last week uh, up at Molyneux. Um, it didn't work, but in this one it did for them. And just before halftime, that's tough because that means they, they got the momentum going in. They came flying out of the traps in the second half and um, Tony had that, that, that goal disallowed. <clears throat> so for me, it was, um, it was, it was, it was, it, what made it a game was Norgard's goal just before halftime. If he doesn't it, score that, it could be I don't think it's a game. No, I don't think it is either. But it was a good goal. It was a well, it was a well set up goal. And it, you know, created the second half, and it was it was great atmosphere. It was a proper proper Premier League game. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, you know. stuff. Good football from both teams, and and uh, um, I really did think it was going to end two uh, two until um, Babu did his his Babu thing, and Mitro did his um, you know <laughs> Mitro thing that thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's good about this? And uh, again, I can't watch it here, but. Fulham and Brentford were first on match of the day. And again, yeah. that's a great thing. And I'm glad. And they deserved to be the first match on match of the day that was presented. So um, I, I was good to see that. I actually saw a video clip of that and, and uh, some good comments about the Fulham match against Brentford. I do want to go back to this. We have some comments about what Scott Parker would have done yesterday. So I like this from Ben Lawrence. A couple of years ago under Parker, he would have taken the draw, I think. This is from Neil Stewart. Would Scar Parker gone for the win? Ha, 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 ha. Well, I think he would have played for the draw, Giannis. I, I don't know what you think about that. But listen, with all due respect to Scott Parker, he's a different type of manager. But I don't know if he would have gone for the win the way that Silva did. Well, we couldn't have got the win because Mitra wouldn't have been on the pitch. <laughs> um, there, there you go, Giannis. There I mean, yesterday go. I watched the the post the post match of the the loss against Arsenal. Yeah. And um, when he was asked about the performance of his his players, he said um, that they lacked there was there were, they lacked the humility to to recognize and understand the nature of the team that they were playing against. So, in other words, he spent five minutes talking total bollocks, and nobody could understand. It was in oh. the politician's answer and. Um, what he did, what I mean, he doesn't have Solanke because he's injured. Right. But what he did is he put he put a, a very physical lineup out um, against Arsenal, which works well. But the problem is, when you've got a team like Arsenal playing the way they are, their short pass is always going to get around muscle. Yeah. And they were two goals down in ten. Odegaard got a double quick, 
And from then it was just, it was, uh, the game was over. So he's already thrown his players under the bus. They're going to answer. See, he, he has done that several times with Fulham, Giannis. And yeah. I have my issues with Parker. And a lot have to do with what he said in his pressers. And I never, I shouldn't say never. Sometimes he took some personal responsibility for the, but for the majority of the issues that Fulham had, he would be doing what he did here. He would be pointing at the players. And I say, you keep that in house. You don't make that public. And uh, if you're going to make it public, you should also look at yourself and say, Hey, listen, we got this wrong as a coaching staff as well. Players got it wrong. We got it wrong as well. He doesn't really do that. So to throw his players under the bus, I'm sorry. I'm let's just say, I'm glad we have Marco Silva. We'll leave it at that. All right. Coming up next, Giannis and I break down the match and we'll end with man of the match. Okay, my friend, let's get to it. So let's now talk about the first half. Let's get your analysis of the first half overall, and then we'll go through the goals. Just give me your thoughts on how Fulham played, and obviously we'll talk about the two goals from Fulham and the one, as you said, was the turning point of the match for Brentford, just overall. First off, we got off to an absolute flyer. Um Nice goal, Deca Dover Reed. Rayo, it's it's probably one of the very few mistakes Rayo made. He was all at sea. I mean, he made some superb saves. Um, it was great to get off the Schneid quick. The second goal was sort of funny um, because it was it was uh, Palhinha and Mitchell going for the same ball, but Palhinha, unbelievable. Yeah, I thought we dominated the first half until that corner, and it's one where um, you know co- the coaching staff will sit down and probably be annoyed because they'll say, look, this could be... That's preventable, uh, Giannis. It's preventable. It could be against... What if it's against United? What if it's against Chelsea, who are losing, by the way, 3 nothing to Leeds? I'm United. watching it right now. Yeah, which is brilliant. Um, let's say we're, you know, a couple of goals up against Chelsea at the break, at, at, at uh, Craven College, you know, and, yep. you know, we're having a great old time, and then all of a sudden, bang, they get a goal. You can't at this level, you get punished for half mistakes. He shouldn't have been able to walk in the way he did. It was a nice finish by Norgard, don't get me wrong. Right. And so first half, we were excellent apart from that last few minutes, second half. They 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 um, put us under the cosh, but then, you know, nice, uh, you know, a, a defensive mix-up with that, that uh, goal. Um, I'm not sure what was going down the middle because it ended up with Tony having to pick, being picked up by Tete, which is the, the wrong man. Right. And then, um, but then Raya was excellent for them, made a couple of really, really good saves. And then he did. out of nothing, we, we, we nicked it at the end. So it was an entertaining, it, above all, it was an entertaining game. It wasn't a snooze fest. It was a no. good old fashioned London derby. And it's huge that we, we got to beat Brentford, any other London team, because it can come off people saying, oh, lost the last 19 London derbies or whatever it is, haven't won in 20,000 years. And da, da, da. we got the one because we've got Arsenal. Excuse me. Next week, and Arsenal are playing very, very well right now. They are, Giannis. They are. We'll have to. We'll have to be. Um, we're going to have to have a real battle ro- plan royal for that one when we go to the Emirates. Okay, excellent stuff, Giannis. All right, let's go through some of the moments of the first half. Obviously, we're going to focus on the goal. So let's talk about the opening goal. <clears throat> this happens right away, and again for me. This starts with Pereira, but it's more than him, obviously, and then. It ends up with a goal from Bobby Decadover Reed, but this is about Fulham forcing very early on what they were, were going to be about in the first half, Giannis. 
they forced this goal just by their intensity. Yeah. They were answer, they asked, I mean, if you can ask questions in the first 10, great. If you can uh, answer them by getting a goal in the first 45 seconds, even better. Dacre Dover, Dover Reed, so underrated. It is just, he just, um, he works so hard. And um, I mean, in, in a way, right now, he's undroppable because his work rate is just something that he, he tracks. He's play, I mean, he, we've seen him as a used as a fullback. Yeah. But he's always tracking, he's always pushing, he'll tackle, he'll hurry, he'll try and get under players' skins. He's, you know, and to be there to score the goal. Um, he's a funny player as well because you don't see this sort of intensity, you don't see this sort of vigour when he plays for Jamaica. But he puts on, and the, look, he was the same at Bristol City. Right. Be honest, I mean, that's the reason we got him in the first place um, because he was so hard working and... Um, He's deserved his spot in the lineup, and um, they were at sixes and sevens. Raya didn't look, he looked right. like he was catching fish or catching cats, I don't know. And um, they looked in real shock going a goal down early. It was the perfect start for us. Okay. And I'm glad that you mentioned this about Bobby Decadover Reed, because while you're saying this, I'm thinking Yanis has a wonderful point when you talk about his work rate and his ethics, you know, work ethics along with that intensity, because the way Silva wants to play this season. It's going to be hard to get him out, Giannis. Even yeah, when players come back, you're going to have to try to find a role for him somewhere because you need players like this. They might not score all the goals in that two seasons ago. He was our leading goal scorer. But it's what he brings to that starting 11 that it's going to be tough to drop. It's, it's a wonderful point by you, Giannis, to talk about that. Okay, so let's move on to the second goal. And I'm glad that we already talked a little bit about this. Fulham have really worked very hard, Giannis, on their set pieces, especially their corners. Every time they take a corner, I think Fulham have a good chance of scoring, Giannis. That's crazy for me to say. Pereira's and Reed, but and Reed too, are really doing a good job on the corners, especially Pereira. But the this situation, like you said, Mitro could have scored, but Paulinha gets the goal with great header, Giannis. Yeah, Mr. Simon's there from, from Brentford for sure, and there's no way that, that he... And, and this Mr. is a weakness. If you listen to all the talk from Brentford, they've been talking about the, their weakness was uh, aerial duels and set pieces, and yeah. it showed itself. Yeah, I was. I, I don't mind Jansen as a centre-back um, aerially. I think he does a good job. I mean, that's where they missed, they missed the trick with the Mitchell goal, because Jansen should have picked him up. But Ben Mee... Mm, mm, now more ground kind of more ground covering kind of centre back, and it's funny because um, Shane um, Shane Duffy would have been <laughs> Shane Duffy's the sort of centre back that you need to, to cover those runs, right? And that's reason we picked him up is because he is very very good in the air. Um, it, just it was and it was and for Thomas Frank he's going to go. Oh, we've given up a goal from a corner kick right down the middle, right, right down, down the middle, yeah. right down the middle, like. I mean, if it's the far post knockback, it's the near post flick, you can take it. But down the middle, you've got basically, you had Mitro and Palhini. It's like, who's going to get their head there first? He's going <laughs> to dissect that. I mean, I'm, the best players that you've got in the air should be the best players, I think, technically defending at the back. So Tony right. should be right back there. Put you bring, Same way as we bring Mitro back to the back. Right, the exactly. Get Tony back there. You know he's very, very good in the air. That's going to work. But it, it was... Um, it was shoddy, and I'm sure the the, the, the coach Frank is going to look at it. Yeah, now we can't be look. We can't be giving up goals like that away from home. We can't be doing a Leicester again and going two goals down and deciding we're going to wake up. Um, 
because this division, this, I know it's three games in, there's some weird stuff going on right now. West well, we're Ham watching are, one right now. West Ham are losing. Chelsea yes. are losing. United are bottom. Leicester really, really struggling right now. Um, There's a lot of odd stuff. And this is going to be the year when I think you're going to find a big club. Mate. I mean, I think Everton are in real trouble. I'm going to say I that. I agree with that. They're I agree in, with that, yes. Unless they, uh, they've not replaced Richarlison. Calvert-Lewin is still in, in the hospital waiting to see a doctor. And um, r- right now, um, the, the three promote, I mean, Bournemouth will be upset, but they did, you know, they beat Villa first game, let's not forget. So, so Bourne, uh, our friends Bournemouth yep. and Forrest and ourselves have, have made a, a pretty reasonable start of the season. And more established teams have not. So, um, but anyway, back to the thing. I, I think yeah. Brentford will be out to, upset with the manner, but it was a lovely goal. For sure. Okay. So now the flip of this, you already said this is the turning point of the match, and I agree with you. Yeah. The Brentford goal. And what's interesting about this, and I believe I watched some commentary on this, is that Brentford did what Fulham have been doing to other clubs recently in the, in the first three matches on, on their set pieces. And again, this is preventable, Giannis, because Fulham have been working so hard on creating their scoring <clears throat> chances from set pieces. They should be doing just as much. I'm not saying that they're not, but they should be looking at teams, figuring out how to take advantage of them yeah. when when they're taking their own set pieces. Because this, again, is a preventable moment, my friend. It was a great goal, but this is on Fulham. Yeah, I agree, and I'm not. I'm, I'm going to have to see a couple more replays of the goal. I got a feeling that Robinson should have been somewhere plugged there at that far post. I mean, it was it was a clever move by the Brentford, and um, but the thing that annoyed. I mean, the finish was super, superb. What what I a little ticked by is the fact that it was completely was completely unmarked. So that is a blown assignment, and um, exactly I, and that where that came in, where where Norgard came in. Uh, I I think Robinson maybe Tosin. Um, but certainly Robinson should have played a role there. And it, it's a, you know, it's one of those where we now know players have said to us through the media that um, Silver will be the one that will turn and say, brilliant, but I'm not happy with the goals we conceded. Let's talk about the manner of the goals. We'll even talk about the manner of the disallowed goals. Right. Because Tony had that one super, actually super effort. Uh, and Leno, again, could have, had no chance. Right. So who's picking him up? Are there are there better strikers than Tony in the division of his type? Not many, but you're going to come up against players who are a little bit quicker, um, a little bit more savvy. Just because Tony's still pretty young, but you've still got you've got to you've got to treat them for you know with ultimate respect, and um, you know that Silver will look at that first goal and be pissed. I'd imagine if that was nil nil and they're up at Anfield. And they're giving it everything, and bang, they can see the goal like that. So they've got to try and look to stop that. And I'm sure there'll be a post mortem because of it. Um, but if it's something they can learn from, that's good because it, it could have cost us all three points. Absolutely, Yanis. There's no question about it. And that's going to lead us to talk about the second half. And we've already talked about this. Let's give credit where credit is due <laughs> to Brentford because they came out of the blocks fast and they were on top of us for a good portion <clears throat> yeah, of was. the second half there's no denying this give them all the credit that they deserve but after they scored the goal Fulham took it upon themselves 
to take the game by the scruff of the neck and get that winning goal. They were pushing for the winner where I don't know how hard Brentford were. So I want to give credit to the players and Marco Silva for not getting too down and being able to turn the match around when it went two to two, because it's very easily could have been three to two the other way. Like you said, disallow goals. You know, we could talk about that if you want, but overall, to find a way to win, and we'll talk about the winning goal from Mitro in just a second, but we have to talk about what Brentford did first, Janice, but just give me your overall assessment of the second half. Well, Brentford were very good, and they were buoyed, really, by that Norgard goal, and um, they came out, you know, firing on all, all cylinders, and um, I thought it was just a matter of time before they were going to get the equaliser. They, 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 um, I'm sure Coach Frank had a few choice words at half-time and said, look, We've just gone and thumped Man U at home in front of our old our own fans. And we come to, you know, our probably personally our biggest rival, our biggest rival and certainly the biggest London derby of the season. And no disrespect to Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, West Ham, but right. the biggest rivalry is Fulham. And you lay an egg. So he said I had a few Danish expletives to share. Um but um, credit to them that they came out flying in the second half and made us look very uncomfortable. Uh, we, the Brentford fans started singing, of course, which was, yep. I, I mean, there was, there was some, 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 some good songs coming out. I, yep. I heard some Joe Bryan mentions, which was good. I think there was one that we're only here for the Fulham. There was the bus stop in Hounslow, of course. Um, but um, yeah, they came out. And I think, I think in the last 10 minutes, it looked like it was, well, okay probably settled for the draw. And I, I still think 2-2 would have been a fair result. Yeah, I get that. Our best player, you sometimes you're only as good as the focus you put on the, the opponent's best player. And um, Frank will be having kittens. I mean, he, got, he, he, I mean, he paid respect to, to, to Mitro for, for the goal. Right. But then Buen was, not the, Buen was not the player. You want to be picking him up from a cross like that. It's got to be someone else. And um, um, Superhead, he's a just brilliant in the air right now and he's he um whenever there's a free kick or there's a bit of a melee or there's a disagreement he's in the middle yeah he's in the middle he's he and he makes sure the opponents see that he's in the middle and that um and of course there'll still be a little bit you know memories linger long we remember the you know the playoff final two years ago and his little wrestling match well it wasn't a wrestling it was a takedown of Marcondes. i remember um, and really, I mean, there was that wrestle between he and Janssen early on that was sort of rather comical, and we got the free kick for it. Um, but that's the way you got to be with Mitro. You've got to try and out-bully him, and it's really difficult because he's still really filling in. Um, uh, so, so it's almost like what to try and nullify you. Well, you can't really nullify him, but you can nullify the supply. Okay. And um, we, did, we did. they did it for the best part, but then... That Babu cross was just was meant, and of you know, it, just the header was beautifully guided, and he probably thinks he could have scored a hat trick. So I'm I'm sure he was relieved he got the one, and it was, it's just the matter. It was the matter of the timing, right? Last minute, perfect. Perfect. Then sure. we'll talk about that in a second. And I also want to mention. I'm glad that you mentioned Mitro's opportunities because he actually had an opportunity in the in the second half. Well, a couple of them, but the one oh. that again, could have uh, really extended the lead and uh, 
again, uh, saved by the goalkeeper. That was a, a missed opportunity, and that's yeah. going to lead to Brentford's second goal. And as you said, Giannis, this is coming. This is coming. They deserve their second goal. They deserve to be equal at Fulham at this point at 2-2. Your thoughts of Brentford's second goal? Yeah, Lewis Potter made a difference for them when he when they came he on. He did. He did. He, he, he is a good player. I'm, I wasn't surprised that he, he was picked up from Hull. Um, he's not... Um, and I think he's an impact player. And again, it was a blister to sign because the cross has come in. It's gone through Ream's legs. And Tony, Tony's, Tony's up with, with Tete. And Tete's got no chance against Tony. Tony gave Tosin a, a torrid old time all, all game. Um, he's, as I said, it, it's, it's tough for Brentford right now because, they, you know, they recognise the value of what Tony is. But we've got a week to go to the... the, the the transfer deadline and the problem is that a team like Everton I think Everton I think Tony would be perfect for an Everton because he's a, he's a similar type to, to Calvert-Lewin um, but he'll score goals and he doesn't stop working and the problem is if you if they lose him who do you replace him with and, right. and, and because the thing about yeah they can give you a 50-60 million pound bid which is what they could what an Everton could do right now but you have to have enough time to get a replacement. And for Brentford, Tony's not replaceable. So, no. um, it, I mean, he, he caused absolute mayhem. And again, he scores and does his, you know, thinks he's... I do, I'm not going to actually... The same way as I would con I'm condemning Tony for doing what he does, I'm going to condemn Mitra for doing what he did. There's no need for it. They're both top-class players. Just, you know what, um, celebrate the way you do instead of taking the piss about uh, in front of others. I just, I'm... There yeah. with you, yes. Yeah, just, no need for it. Mitra I'm there with know you. What he did. Mitra should have just run away, scored the goal, go in the corner, do his thing, cheer at the crowd. Not do this. Come on, man. No. <laughs> okay, go. my friend. All right. Good stuff from you. Okay. A couple of the things I want to mention before we focus on the end of the match. And I'm glad that you brought up Ivan Tony because uh, he had an opportunity, Yanis. And uh, let's just say he dived at the end of the match. But I will also say, and I'm going to ask you the question, which dive was worse? Because his dive was pretty bad. But Bobby Decadover-Reed, I, I love Bobby Decadover-Reed, what he gives for him, but he had a bad dive too. Yeah, Reed should have been a yellow. Okay. Um, yeah, I he, agree with that. Yeah, I think there was contact with Tony, um, but the Decadover, there was none. And, there's, and, and and again, that's one where I, if I'm Coach Silver, I go, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's the, you, you go in the field to represent our club and our team and the way our coaching staff, we don't coach you to dive. Just don't do it. Don't bloody No, there's it. no, listen, there's no, no reason point. for it. No, because and, it's VAR. And, right, because of VAR. And yeah. again, I'm going to give credit to the Besotted podcast. They were upset because they were saying if he stayed on his feet, <clears throat> he could have scored a goal. So again, and I've heard that, and I've made that argument in several of these situations, you're smiling at us, because again, you've heard it too, and and you can make that argument, but you know what? In the end, like you said, VAR, it wasn't going to be. So there you go on that. Okay, so Giannis, you have the honors of talking about Mitro's goal. And now before this, there was a wonderful opportunity, a good save by Rhea on Mitro. Oh. Okay, this was a tremendous save. And you thought the match, you know, was going to end in a draw after that, right? I mean, you would yeah. be... You would think that, but then there's one more opportunity and fantastic cross from Mbabu sets up Mitro again. 
And this time he drills it. I mean, drills it with his head in the back of the net. Your thoughts on the goal and how did you erupt when you saw the goal going? You must have erupted. Um, yes. Yes. It was just it, the, the moment it came up, Bob was, it, um, it was the, the spin from the cross. And I immediately, the camera tilted and I saw it was Mbwema. I thought, he's going to get up to this. Um, that save by Raya was unreal. Although, if Mitra, when Mitra went to bed last night, he's probably ruining that miss. Thinking, how the hell? It was a great save by Raya. Don't get me wrong. A um, lot of respect for the way he played yesterday. But really, that's when Mitra should finish. Um, but he had his he had his um, he had his second opportunity to put it away, and of course, all, all hell was breaking loose. Yep. And the Brentford fans went very, very quiet. And um, shocker. Yes, yeah, shocker. And then, of course, he, he brought Duffy on, which is good. And um, you know, it's. Um, uh, I think for Brentford, I think I think they probably again that the it's not if they'd lost three two to Southampton away yesterday, that would have been they a big would, deal. But yeah, it wouldn't have been as peevish as thumping United. Oh, this is bad for them. I yeah. just you know I get and well then, for the supporters, it's the supporters, not good yeah. at all. But so. then you know what United they beat United four nothing. That's not yeah. the last team they're going to beat four nothing. Trust me, you uh, and United are poor and. Um, Brentford will learn from that. And we don't have a good record down 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 there. We know that. No. And no, we don't we do not have it. I've made many the um I made many journeys down to Griffin Park, not a great place when it was there to play. Brentford are very tough to play down there. Yep. And I'm sure they're gonna be looking forward to the return trip when we go down there. Um but um it was a, a good win for us. And as I said, with the Ars- Arsenal coming up. Uh, and as well as as they're playing, it was important that we got something out of it, okay. and, and we did. And um, so, I think though both teams should be congratulated. And it was a, it was a cracking game of football. I agree. You know, yeah. and that's why it was the first match on match of the day. And I said, really lived up to the hype that we were probably putting on it. And the rest of the world now has seen why there was an emphasis on it with us. You know, because yeah. it's funny. I was listening to a lot of shows here in America on Sirius XMFC and they were barely talking of they were not talking about this and I'm thinking you should be talking about this match and they weren't because again I understand why they're going to focus on, on the bigger clubs but they missed one here because I knew this was going to be special and different and it lived up to the hype for us it definitely lived up to the hype and congratulations to Brentford for playing their part phone were just a little bit better and got all three points Okay, my friend, we yep. do have some comments. I'm going to share them in just a second. Before we do that, let's quickly do man of the match. Who was your man of the match, Giannis? Oh, I've got a problem with this one. Oh, oh, da, da, da. I'm going to go to left field. Why? I'm going to give it to Jay Stansfield. Okay. I just think, I just think for, for a debut in the That's great. Premier League, he was he was absolutely superb. And, not and out of place at all, my friend. Not, not out, out of place. place. But there were some notable mentions of Pereira, Paulinho, um, uh, Mitro. Um, I thought T- Timmy Ree made a good game. I thought I thought um, Harrison Reed, every blade of grass, Dacre Dover Reed, Busters, you know what. Um, but I'm going to give it a Stansfield. And a lot to do with the fact that, you know, his family's been through a lot. It's an interesting story. He's fought for the right to play for this team. And he, and he did himself and his family proud. Okay, let's see what we have here. 
Ben goes with man of the match, Pereira for me. I understand that. Steve Reynolds, Andreas for work rate. Totally understand it. This yep, is absolutely. an excellent match for Andreas, so I definitely understand the shouts there. Okay, Yanis, to end the show, we do have a couple topics that I'm going to be sharing with you and get your thoughts on. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. This is a good one for my friend Chris, who's a Patriots fan. Sorry, Giannis, a Patriots fan. Yes. But, and he's also a Liverpool fan, but how does it feel to have more points than Manchester United? Giannis, how do you like that one? I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I think Man United, um, to me, are, the, are arguably the most arrogant club in the world. And I think it's brilliant. Casemiro, Casemiro, they just played for 70 million. Yep. He's a very, very good player, but he's been, you know, you got you, surrounded by play, surrounded by like with players like Cruz and, and Modric. He's going to find that he's going to be um, pretty quickly consigned. I mean, you look at Pereira, you take him out of United and all of a sudden becomes a different player. They've got this this manifest destiny, divine right to believe they should win all their titles. And right now, the club, it's not just what's happened on the field. It's yep. not just the thing with the Glazers. Let's not forget the filth surrounding what's happened with Ryan Giggs. The club yep. right now is a, a, a latrine of quadruple toilet. And... Um, I think it's hilariously funny, and I still go back to what Sir Alex said many years ago when he referred to City as the noisy neighbours. Um, City are, you know, the best team in the league. United are bottom, and they're playing Liverpool tomorrow, and they could get absolutely murdered. And uh, I think it's, I think it's, it, it's hilarious. So well, that will make my friend Chris very happy if that happens. So we'll see what happens, Chris. Okay, let's now talk about a couple more topics, and we'll wrap up the show. This is from Gary D. Shocking challenge on Stansfield in the first half. Brentford should have been down to ten men. Giannis, you're shaking your head. You agree? Yeah, I agree. I think I think um, I think uh, Norgard and Palhinha should have got red. I, I do. I, I, fair is as fair is. That yeah. one on um, the, the one on Stansfield for me should have been VAR. But it wasn't Palhinha. I'm not really sure what he was thinking, but uh, if you're going to be consistent, then um, I think they both should have got red. But okay. ironically, they both scored. Right, yeah. right. No, good point there, my friend. All right, this is from Ben Lawrence. And we already talked a little bit about the change of formation for Brentford. And this is what Ben said. When Brentford went 3-5-2, both of our wings were poor. They have loads of room wide. Giannis, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, that's because I think they're better wide. Uh, they're better wide right now because we just don't have the depth wide. We, we, no Cabano. Um, you know, we're, we're missing wingers. It's... it's um. It's a problem right now. It's a problem right now. Um, and I'm really, I mean, we, 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 as I said before, we're playing Crawley on, on Tuesday. Crawley, I've got one point from five games. They are second from bottom in League Two. Kevin, our old uh, Fulham boy, Kevin Betsy, is the manager there. They've had a really poor time at the start of the season. They lost 2 nothing to AFC Wimbledon yesterday. Um, they, right now, are, probably, are not going to put out their stronger side against us. Not not for hell or high water because they need points in the league. Um, the, Marco's got a really good opportunity here to play, and I'm not talking about Cavalier or yep. Knocker. I think you'll see Joe Bryan play his last game for Fulham on Tuesday. I'm going to okay. make that prediction now. I think it's going to be his farewell, and I'm. It's a good chance if you're going down to Crawley um, to give the goodbyes because I think he'll be gone. And I agree. He's always going to yes. be a legend. Um, and, and um, you I can't I take think, away what he accomplished. Oh God! Oh, 
the game of his life in the game of his life. Oh. So just it's yeah. brilliant. But it's going to be tough for, yep. for them, and, and hopefully we can make some changes and um, see. Maybe um, – um, I, I mean, Stan, I, I don't think Stansfield will play on Tuesday. Um, but I think Luke, Luke Harris could get us. I think Luke Harris is going to play yeah. on us, and I think that's a good Duffy, opportunity Diop. for him. Yeah, I think Duffy and Babu. Yeah, I think you're going to see some give Harrison Reed a, a bit of a break. Um, give give Mitra a break. Yeah. Um, it, it just go out there and put. Some, we've got some good players that can go out and, and and do a job. So we should be fine. Play the young center backs that are in the under twenty ones too. Why mm-hmm. not? You mm-hmm. know, give them a shot. <laughs> or the argument could be made that you play Diop, get him some uh, time with with Fulham too. So Duffy, I understand yeah. that. Or Duffy, you know, you could do that too. You can go. Either way on that. Final topic, I'll go back to Ben. What are your thoughts about this, Giannis? I think we should go back to man marking and corners not zonal. What are your thoughts? I, I, I'd be curious to the video take. If, if it was a case of um, one breakdown, one player that should have maybe be focused to see where the late run was going to come in from, yes, I think they'll need to, they'll need to look at that. I think it's too early in the season um, to chop and change until you've got what you think is your strongest lineup out. Right. Um, but they're going to take have to take a look. I'd, I'd um, personally, I'm not a fan of zonal. So that's just me. Um, I, I, I like man marking because you assign zonal has too much to go wrong, but it covers it, it has more blanket coverage. Um, let's see what he thinks after Arsenal. Arsenal's, I know, I mean, no disrespect to Liverpool on this, but but I think Arsenal will be our first huge test. Arsenal playing that well. And I just think that, um, and we're playing at the Emirates as well, we're going to have enough on our hands there because they can hit you from different areas right. and see how we can defend set paces in that one and see if um, we need to tweak little things. So I think it's a big, Sunday's a big litmus test for us in terms of where we're at right now because it's two days before the transfer deadline. Yep. No, good stuff there, my friend. I'm just going to share a couple more comments. Just actually... One's from Stephen Murray. Just he has Pereira as his man of the match, and you'll like this, Giannis. To end the show, Chris Goodwin, my friend, says I would agree with Giannis. Well, of course, that's a great way to end the show, Giannis. How my friend Chris? He is a Patriots fan, though, Giannis. Sorry to tell you, buddy. Yeah, but, uh, but it's as you know, as you know, it's uh, this is Josh Allen country. Oh, here we go. Okay, and so. Josh Allen is coming for the Patriots. <laughs> Okay, He's the only people that care about this is me, you, and Chris Goodwin. That yeah, those, we're the I only know. ones that care it's on this show. Be, I, I was I did watch some um, preseason yes, and Josh Allen's in mid-season form. He's, okay, he's, he's, okay. Uh, I'm doing a Patriots fourth and two episode today, Giannis, but I'm sure no one has an interest except for my friend Chris. He's probably the only one that has an interest. That are listening to us now. Josh who he said. He just typed Josh who. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I oh, don't want to. Yeah. See? Come on, Chris. Oh, Chris? Josh Sorry, who. I have to share that to end the show. Anyways, oh, enough. Yeah. We got to wrap this up. Giannis, final thoughts yep. before we go. No, look, excellent game. Looking forward to seeing what we can do on Tuesday. I'm very excited about the Arsenal game because I think it's going to be a very tough test. We have to yeah. be open-minded. They're playing really well right now. And they've picked up some really good signings. But... Um, Coach Silver and the boys will have a plan for this game. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And to piggyback off that, I'm going to say this. Arsenal are playing very well. They should yes, be favored to well. beat us. And some will say they're going to 
might beat us fairly easily. I'm not sure if it's going to be easy because here's my reason behind that. Fulham have showed that they don't fear anyone. And that is the one thing that I've noticed. It's a big difference to this team, to the other two times we came up in the Premier League. They're playing with no fear. They are not giving too much respect to the opposition. They are playing like they belong. And that, to me, is why I'm giving them a chance against Arsenal. I don't know if they're going to get anything, but I wouldn't count them out. And that's going to be my final thoughts. Okay. Great thought. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of College Talk. As I always mention, please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. Have other Fulham supporters make it easier for them to get in touch with us to follow Cottage Talk because uh, the more people that follow us on YouTube, it just leads to them finding us easier. So please do. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For Max Cohen, who joined us in the first half hour, and Yana Shanes, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.